Last episode, we discussed what's going on and what will likely get a lot of our attention in 2024 at a global and national level. What about right here in Colorado Springs and the Pikes Peak region? We'll dig into that on this episode of The Next Us. All right, here we are. I think this is episode three of The Next Us, the podcast where we help each other find our way in this crazy world, uh, with a particular focus on the Pikes Peak region. We are coming to you from the Studio 809 Community Podcast Studio at The Next Us, a professional cooperative environment for small businesses in downtown Colorado Springs. Hey, Judy, how's it going? You know, it's it's going good. We're just barely dipping into the new year, 2024. And, you know, I, we, we had fun discussing what some of it might look like or what might be highlighted. So I'm just ready for what's next. Well, we got kind of carried away, so we decided to break setting the stage for the new right. year in, in two. So I'm looking forward to getting on to the local stuff. But, I, uh, you know, we do try to stop and reflect a little bit on the last episode when we start each new episode. And so I had a couple of thoughts, and I wanted to share something that just came across my transom shortly after we recorded. Uh, you had mentioned the possibility that our elections are a distraction, that we're not presented with real choices that will represent the interests of the people. And lo and behold, I think that very afternoon I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts called Planet Critical, hosted by Rachel Donald. And she was interviewing UK Guardian columnist George Monbiot. I don't know whether you've heard of him or not, but he's been a columnist and a journalist for decades, very environmentally focused. Uh, I don't always agree with him, but I uh, thought in this particular episode, I just was lapping it up. He had so many brilliant things to say. And I wanted to share this one moment from the podcast where I think he gets it, you know, where he validates what you said. And it's interesting. I think Rachel, the host and George are both in the UK and so he's sort of talking mm. he's, they're, they're talking specifically about the government of the UK but I think it applies transferable definitely <laughs> so see see what you think well I think the fundamental issue is that economic power has been turned into political power that um, the people with the money have become the people with the power and the democracy we were promised has not materialized and instead we have the power of these special interests um, who have a, a particular interest in keeping things broadly as they are, because that's how they got their money. That's how they achieved their power from business as usual. And they don't want that to change. Wow. Precisely. That is precisely it. I feel as if whatever's happening on mainstream news channels, you know, whatever's the top of the talk that people are bickering back and forth about. It helps to create division. It helps to keep the masses kind of, you know, separated and distracted. And I think we just find out what happens after. Uh, It's always looking back at, but we were never a part of the decision (laughs) or a part of the discussion beforehand. But instead, we we are watching this this show of of political figures and it really has especially even you know kind of with trump and 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 obviously before that i mean you could literally list any president but it's scandal it's you know all of these different very circus like 
<laughs> kinds of topics that we're being presented with and distracted from uh, what's really going on behind the scenes. Well, I was tempted to say, okay, let's just go home. <laughs> but our lives aren't all about politics. I think it's gotten worse. I think social media has kind of made it worse with the shortening attention spans, and it's made it easy to, uh, you know, to just put some little juicy item up there, mm-hmm. and a shiny object. That, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it is frustrating to see that all of the news coverage, you know, of this upcoming presidential election is about the gaffes and the polls and, you know, who's likely to win. And it's not really very much about the real issues, about the platforms mm-hmm. of the candidates. Mm-hmm. So George has been watching all of this for decades mm-hmm. and uh, he really validated what you thought. So I thought you'd find that interesting. Yeah. You know, I think it's what keeps me out of the political realm. <laughs> don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. So don't let me rain on your parade too often in here. Shall we uh, zoom in to what's happening locally, what's been happening, and what we think is going to be in the headlines and before our microphones in 2024? Yes, let's take a look. Okay. Well, one item is that Colorado Springs has a new mayor, Yemi Mobilati, who really surprised a lot of people by defeating Wayne Williams, a very well-known Republican and former Secretary of State in the city election last year. Mm-hmm. He's been mayor now for seven months, but this will be his first full year as mayor, and everybody's kind of waiting to see what he does. And not a Republican. Typically, the Republicans get elected to even local offices a lot more often than progressives. And usually in city elections, whoever is anointed by the real estate developers has a, a great advantage. And real estate developers were backing two other candidates, not Yemi Mobilati. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. And of course, Yemi, I mean, here we are in Colorado Springs, kind of considered a conservative oasis. Mm-hmm. And yet we've now elected a black man, an immigrant, a preacher. I mean, he is so oh. different than the political players of the past. I think everybody's going to watch, and there's a lot of hope that it won't be business as usual. Interesting. And I wonder what was the sway or what what made the turn? I mean, do you think it's new people moving into town? I mean, we've got so many new people in Colorado Springs. Do you have any insight on, on what could have turned the tides on this one? I think there's a, that's a part of it. I think Colorado Springs is definitely probably more of the new population is a little progressive leaning, more Californians. Okay. So I think that balance is tilting a little bit. I think growth has been rising in people's concerns because Mm -hmm. Colorado Springs has really boomed. There's a lot of cranes. And the Colorado River has been in the headlines a lot. So people are pretty concerned about a future water supply. So they're not as likely to fall in line with this growth is prosperity. Growth is good. Of course, we all want growth mantra that has largely been thrust upon us for years. And Colorado Mm -hmm. Springs has kind of been leading that charge. It's a pretty growth-addicted city. So I think dissatisfaction with growth, dissatisfaction with the traffic. Wow. Um, Okay. I think people were ready for something new. But it still surprised me. Okay. Well, it should be. And I mean, in the seven months that he's been taking office, has there been really time for any change yet? Or it's really just coming up now? If there are any... uh, 
clues. I haven't really seen them, but I've been paying a lot more attention at the national level. Sure. So, so I might have missed it. So we would invite someone to, uh, I think you can email us, uh, info at studio809podcast.com if you have feedback for us and if you want to correct that. And of course, in our next episode, we might get a little bit of a hint of that yes. from two former city councilors who are going to join us. Oh, Jan exciting. Martin and Jill Gabler are going to be sitting at the table with us, and we'll definitely put the new mayor on the agenda for sure. But great segue to other things that I think are in the news and that we'll talk about this year. Uh, I mentioned growth. I mentioned water supply, Colorado River, wildfire risk, this booming downtown, which a lot of people are excited about, and economic development success, I would say. We have been getting a lot of headlines about companies expanding, companies moving to Colorado Springs, more jobs, and maybe at some point I'll bore you with my opinions about the pros and cons of, of all that, regardless of how you feel about that and whether you embrace that growth or not, whether you think it's necessary or not, that's definitely happening. And okay. so I think that's something that we'll be looking at and talking about. I think that residents have had kind of enough mm-hmm. of this growth stuff, but they're reluctant to be uh, really vocally uh, against growth because everybody's kind of been taught to believe that growth is good. Sure. Yeah. Interestingly, I just posted a YouTube video on my Dave the Planet 2024 YouTube channel yesterday morning, a presentation that I did at the Intermountain Sustainability Summit a couple of years ago. I just hadn't had time to get it out there on YouTube. And so I published it yesterday morning, and it really is kind of about these fairy tales that we are told, Mm. the, the mythology, you know, the assumption that growth is good. And that video has just taken off. It's already got over 400 listens and a bunch of comments. I'll put a link in there. Oh, please, yes. Give you a link to that in case you want to get that. Oh, yeah, I'd love to check it out. Yeah. There are two things in the growth and downtown department that are coming up this year that are pretty interesting. One is that Norwood Development Group is planning a 12-story, 194,000-square-foot office building at the corner of Cimarron and Sawatch Streets. Uh, That's downtown's first high-rise office project since the South Tower of Plaza of the Rockies was built over 20 years ago. Whoa. And you got to wonder, you just got to wonder because, you know, there's a lot of office vacancy. Offices haven't been that popular because everybody figured out that they liked working from home. Yeah. I mean, and you can drive up and down the streets here and see office space available in every single commercial building. Yeah. So how do they think they're going to fill this? uh... But that's 12 stories and that's big for Colorado Springs, Mm -hmm. but a 36 story high rise. With 497 apartments has been proposed for Sawatch and Costilla Streets by the O'Neill Group. 36 stories. That will be the tallest building. Huge, yeah. Wow. And you know what? That just reminded me that the arts... I don't have anything on my agenda about the arts, and I think we want to embrace the arts and celebrate the arts. And Absolutely. It'd be interesting to see what's going on there in town. And Angela Seals, who runs the cultural office of the Pikes Peak region, she used to have a Studio 809 podcast. I think we could twist her arm and get her to sit down with us oh, at some point. Oh, yes, I'd love that. And uh, maybe share the inside track on that. So there's always new, there are new murals all the time for the you know the art on the streets and um, and the initiatives going around it's always so much fun to see the vibrancy of downtown uh, accented by art 
yeah, I think we've got some good arts things going on. And we'll see what happens to the Colorado Springs Independent. Over the holidays, the Indy announced that they were going dark, that they laid off everybody and would not be publishing anything in January, but hoped that they might rise from the ashes in February with some kind of a new plan. But uh, no guarantees. So we might be a one newspaper town again. We'll see. Oh, my goodness. I don't understand. Well, they've really struggled. It's been a trend nationally that these uh, alternative news weeklies have been closing many of them. Uh, It's really hard to run a a traditional print news operation in today's landscape. Digital advertising, uh, online is where a lot of the younger people get their news. They're not interested in subscribing to newspapers. Cost of newsprint's gone up, and so it's become really challenging for all news organizations. Layoffs haven't been uncommon at even the biggest chains, newspaper chains, uh, but especially alternative news weeklies have been hard hit. And the Indy needed to adjust its business model to find a way to stay relevant and to succeed into the future. So they went nonprofit last year and moved toward a membership model, continuing to sell advertising, but trying to encourage the public to become members, just like a public radio station. You know, okay. you can be a member mm-hmm. of KRCC, mm-hmm. where you, you know, you basically are just saying, I really value having you here, so I'm going to give you $10 a month or $20 sure. a month or what have you, and make that a charitable donation. And of course, when the Indy became nonprofit, then that allowed them to get grant funding, but also to get charitable memberships and donations from the public. And the public hasn't just jumped into the deep end on that and said, oh yeah, we love you, we want to keep you. Uh, oh, tragic. Yeah. So not enough membership revenue and advertising revenue hasn't blossomed. So they were just having a hard time figuring out how to balance the books. Ah, oh, that's so sad to hear. Because um, yeah. I was kind of just on the understanding that by transitioning to online, they'd be able to kind of like streamline and you know cut a lot of costs that way, this, that, and the other thing, but. They've tried. But. Oh, that's rough. But someone else may take it over, or they may decide to go full online. The book isn't completely closed just yet, but uh, we should know a lot more within the next month or two, whether it's just ancient history or not. Wow. Full disclosure, I am on the board of directors of Citizen Powered Media, which is the nonprofit that the Indy, you know, the Indy was the main project. So I sort of have the inside track, and um, I can't quite tell you everything, but almost almost everything. But I'll be the first to know, and I'll, you'll be the second. <laughs> okay, yes. You know, it, yeah. it's important for local news representation. And, and I understand that, oh, it's so difficult as technology takes over, because even local newspapers now are sourcing so much nationally yeah. that you're not seeing anything new. You're not seeing anything different. You're not seeing anything unique. And I just would love to think that there is an angle here where you can go, you know, hyper local and more viral by being online rather than in print in a way to optimize that angle um, and really get away from even local public radio went NPR, you know, it was all NPR, Uh, you know, newspapers are all the same articles across the country and it's this blanket of, I mean, is it censorship? (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's sort of the market. Whoa. It's the market 
workplace, you know, and human behavior. And, you know, that's a lot of what's behind Studio 809. I love KRCC. Yes. Uh, I love NPR. Mm-hmm. But I don't turn to KRCC to get hyper-local information or even really local information. It's they just have, not there anymore. No. Uh, and it sounds a little bit more like a Denver Mm-hmm. radio station than a Colorado Springs wow. station, sadly. So Studio 809, I want us to fill that void. Somebody needs to. And so we're really hyper-local. So if you liked having radio and wished that it covered our community more, Studio 809 podcasts might be a place to look. I mean, we don't have any hard news, but we have a lot of good local news and information and engagement for people who want to plug in. I feel like it's more and more and more important. So traffic, we, you know, we talked about uh, traffic in uh, the last episode, and I think that's going to be an ongoing subject here. Interestingly, just, I just got a report this morning that Colorado intersections rank as the most dangerous intersections to pedestrians in the country. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why, and it's intersections. Hmm. But we have been having a a rise in uh, pedestrian vehicle interactions. And I know I've observed that we have a problem with uh, more speeding, more red light running, more aggressive driving here in town than we used to. And I think that's a part of people's unhappiness with growth because uh, they see that traffic as an impact. It's one of the downsides of the city getting bigger. You got more vehicles. And they just don't have the structure in place for the, for it. Yeah, and um, the city is getting a federal grant from the Safe Streets and Roads for All program under, from the U.S. Department of Transportation to fund a citywide traffic safety action plan to reduce roadway deaths and serious injuries. And hmm. I don't know, $280,000 is not nothing. I don't know if it's enough, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I think I would like for us to talk about that from time to time, because I personally... Yeah, just to check in and see what... Yeah. What are um, the... We know our police department has been below full force level for some time. They have a hard time hiring and keeping even the officers that our budget authorizes. So we don't have enough police officers. So traffic enforcement is a little bit low on the list behind, uh-huh. you know, responding to burglaries and murders and... Sure. Uh, Criminal. Yeah. Mental health, a lot of that. So there's not enough traffic enforcement, in my view. I would like to see us really beef up traffic enforcement somehow. I think if people knew they were a lot more likely to get a ticket for driving 15 miles an hour over the speed limit down. You know, yeah, and I feel like the cameras at the intersections help with that, don't they? I mean, that they should, yeah. That kind of like you, whether there's a cop around or not, the camera catches you. Yeah. But I guess the the real scofflaws know which intersections have cameras and which don't. I mean, routinely every day I see a couple of cars, you know, run through. I even got honked at the other day because I stopped as the light was turning. I had enough time to stop. The guy behind me thought, are you kidding? We we should have had three more cars zip through that red light. Crazy, crazy. But we'll talk more about this a little bit later in the uh, episode. But I think traffic might be a a subject. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, also we just recently in the fall heard that passenger rail service from Fort Collins to Pueblo could be a reality within 10 years. So we might I feel like have we've that. heard that 
before. Well, they've been working on that, okay. yeah. But it's becoming a little bit more of a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, $500,000 in federal funding to actually start putting together a, a more serious plan. So it's one step in the right direction. And we'll ask Jill Gabler about that in the next episode okay. because she's been on the board of the Front Range Passenger Rail Authority or whatever. Okay. whatever yeah, it's fascinating called. because I feel like you know, as Colorado Springs grows and grows, um, one of the major, I think, reactions that we're all having is we don't have the infrastructure for this growth. We don't have the infrastructure in place. And that shines really bright with the two words, public transportation. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just absent. Yeah, it's really pitiful. Yeah. And it's one of the, it's a tough one because people won't use it if it's too inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order for it to be convenient, you need enough people using it that there's enough revenue. Sure, kind of a catch-22 yeah. on that yeah. one. Yeah, I remember I did a couple of film shoots in Australia. I've spent some time in Sydney, Australia, and that is a huge, very dense city, and they don't have a good freeway system, and they have a great public transportation oh, system. Cool. You just walk up to a bus stop, you know the bus you need, within 10 minutes, there's going to be a bus for you. Wow. Colorado Springs, you could be standing around for a half hour waiting for a bus. Easily. Yeah. And so why would you? (laughs) Uh, It's really hard to get that habit. In fact, I'm guilty of it. I'll ride my bicycle, but I haven't been on a bus since the free downtown shuttle went away the first time, whatever Mm -hmm. that was, 10 years ago. But it's back now. We've got a free downtown shuttle, so it's easy to ride a bus downtown yeah up and up and down, up and the, down. the few blocks of our downtown which is yeah. which is better than nothing something yeah but as more people from big cities move into this town it's funny because they are primed for public transportation they're coming from cities that have public transportation they're used to it they're not used to having a car it's a great opportunity for us to be able to put something into place yeah what's difficult is geographically how large colorado springs is yeah pretty spread in out in that we have really nothing for public transportation now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we probably need little buses because we're so spread out that it's hard, oh, it's hard to fill big, yeah, big buses. Smaller scale, something different. Hmm. Yeah, and without bus lanes or uh, busways, uh, the, the bus isn't necessarily faster. People are a lot more likely to use public transportation when they know it's superior. Right, right. To, well, it's a great way to start, though, to, to get f- between cities. You yeah. know, that's a yeah. great place to start. Yeah. And then on the fun side, kind of in the arts department, uh, I wanted to just mention that there's a, a, a rare romantic comedy playing at movie theaters right now. And I'm bringing it up because romantic comedies just don't seem to be that common these days. I think the 24-year-old movie-going audience wants to see a Marvel superhero. They don't want to see Meg Ryan or Julia Roberts or Billy Crystal or Richard Gere. uh, So interesting. Yeah, falling in love or out out of love. And so anyone but you caught my attention because it just sort of looked like a fun rom-com. And guess what? I went to see it. Oh, okay. So what did you think? Yeah, so I can give you a report. Well, first of all, before we talk about it, let me just play, can I just play the trailer for you? Let's hear it. All right. What's going on over there? They dated. She crushed his heart. That man does not have a heart. No way. Honey, look who's here. Who is it? My ex, Jonathan. My parents have been trying to get us back together. He's like a son to us. Maybe we should just tell everyone we're together. What? It would solve that problem for me, and you clearly want Margaret. She sees her with me. She wants what she can't have. There's no way we can convince anyone we actually like each other. 
You know, I still think about that night we spent together. Shut up. No, I'm serious. No matter how it ended, you're still pretty amazing. Convincing enough? Let's do it. Okay. Sort of an interesting premise. Anyway, it just kind of got medium reviews, but I got to tell you, it was just a blast. That oh, was fun. Fun, something lighthearted. Yeah. Makes you laugh, makes you feel good. Yeah, and we could use a little bit of that. I think so. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. It would be interesting to see, did you notice, you know, as times are changing, as technology is, you know, really warping our world, the premise of the romantic comedy has to change. Yeah, I suppose it does. So yeah. it's, it's interesting to hear even just this little clip and and think, you know, this is, a, you know, a major twist on a classic premise. You know, it's you know, they have to bring it forward to common yeah, and in fact, it's day. sort of a, it's sort of based on uh, Shakespeare's mm-hmm. "Much Ado About Nothing," so it's a story as old as dirt, but told in a in a in a new way. So it was pretty artfully done. What did you think? It was an easy watch. Yeah, it's an easy watch. You know, I don't think it's Academy Award material, but it's uh, a great way to spend a couple hours. I think. Oh, cool! I love that. So good. Speaking of great ways to spend a couple of hours, what's going on at the next us? Well, we've got um, two kind of things coming up. So, t- well, tomorrow, which this podcast probably won't come out in time for that, is our New Year's Ball. So on the first Friday of every month, of course, the art galleries across the country open up for either called First Fridays or called the Art Walk, um, people can be familiar with. And the idea is to tour the local art and patron local artists, you know, to mm-hmm. support So what we say here is tour the local art, be inspired, and then come unleash the artist within. And we actually have an art or craft project that we will do on that first Friday. So whereas everyone else is an art gallery opening up and you're touring and looking at local art here, we kind of roll our sleeves and get our hands dirty. And we do that every Every first Friday. And every first Friday is a different theme. So this being, you know, the first Friday in January, we're having a New Year's ball. Uh, so I'm excited to get my full length gown on oh, and wow. get all dressed up and fancy. But so that's tomorrow night. That should be a lot of fun. Um, but it's just a great way. You know, we're all entrepreneurs. Uh, we're all kind of working hard all month long. It's important to be able to kind of work hard, play hard. And art is therapy. So, you know, it's so much fun to hear certain people come through and say, well, I haven't done anything artistic since I was a little kid or, you know, this, that, and the other thing, but I, I feel comfortable here. I, I've, I've had a great time and, and I'm walking home, you know, with a, a prize in my hand. You know, it's it's just a good time. We have we have a lot of fun. So that's exciting tomorrow. Yep, but you missed it if you're listening to this yeah, episode. Yeah, but you missed it. But so, put it on your calendar for yeah, the next well, first Friday. February will be New Year, uh, Chinese New Year. So we'll do origami, paper lanterns. We'll have a lot of fun then. March is Mardi Gras, Carnival. So we'll have a masquerade ball. Yeah, so every month is a lot of fun. And then January 10th is what I'm, what we're really kind of ramping up for, really excited about. We've got a lot of new people in the building, um, a lot of new entrepreneurs, a lot of new ideas moving around. And so, again, you know, we've got this building full of people running their own businesses. People typically come in as a guest for one appointment. They come in for one specific thing and as they pass by all these other doors, they become so curious. Uh, What else is going on in this building? So January 10th is our Vitality Tour. It's our grand reveal and we're going to open up all of our office doors and introduce ourselves to each other and to the local public and say, you know, this is who we are, this is what we represent and this is what we're offering to our local community. And 
you'll find at the next desk that we're really rooted in health, wellness, fitness. So we've got chiropractors, we've got massage therapists, we've got physical therapists, we've got mental health therapists, we've got people who are into the realm of energy healing, vibrational healing, um, all kinds of fun things, self-defense, all the way to tax accounting and investments. So kind of a full range of different ways to improve yourself. So we are inviting everyone to come and um, kind of see the wealth of services that are available to them to improve their lives this next year. That'll be fun. And Studio 809 Podcasts will be here. You can come pop in and see uh, our studio and ask questions about podcasting if that's something you're thinking about. So exciting. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. It should be a great time. That's free. Four to... It's free. So, so from four to seven, and for the first two hours, four to six, we'll be touring through all the doors, meeting everybody, seeing demos, hearing what people are offering. It should be a lot of fun. There should be some um, healthy food samples and things going around. So that should be good. We've got all kinds of exciting things. And then at six o'clock, we're all going to come up into the venue and we're going to have kind of more of a celebration where we are going to be giving out prizes, which is going to all be these you know great value offerings from the different practitioners and professionals in the building mm-hmm. uh, for people to kind of take home and, and get their year started off right. And we'll have a, a full buffet. So we'll have all kinds of food and music, um, networking, you know, getting to know people, finding a local community and, and, and vibrancy within that. So yeah, a little bit of all of it, but you can find the information on um, Eventbrite, Instagram, Facebook, all under the next us. Um, and also I think we're going up on peak radar as well. So let's take a break to share something interesting, Judy. You know, living here in Colorado Springs, you're probably tired of hailstorms damaging your vehicle. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Studio 809 Podcast has partnered with KJS Auto Hail Repair to come up with an amazing opportunity for you. With over 30 years of industry experience, KJS Auto Hail Repair is the go-to spot for fixing that damage on your vehicle. And if you give them a call or click contact on their website at kjsautohailrepair.com and mention that you are referred by Studio 809, you'll automatically receive $100 back in your pocket when your repairs are completed. Yep. So don't let that hail damage stress you out. KJS Auto Hail Repair can have your car looking brand new in no time. Give them a call or visit kjsautohailrepair.com and let them take care of the rest. Your car will thank you and so will your wallet. Okay, Judy. So we've got this segment we haven't, I think, done before, but I think we finally have time to shoehorn it in, and that's uh, solving a problem. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I wanted to propose, big surprise here, driving issues in Colorado Springs as a problem to solve. Speeding, running red lights, striking pedestrians. I know area residents are clamoring for more traffic enforcement. I know I am. The number of pedestrians killed in traffic incidents doubled over the past decade, I think, in the state. Distracted driving is a huge part of that, probably, too. Uh, But I definitely see aggressive driving going on. So I wanted to propose quickly three possible solutions and get your take on them. Okay. One, do you think maybe we might need stricter driver's ed requirements? for new drivers and maybe for people renewing their licenses every 10 years or something like that. Seems to me like instruction. Some people haven't gotten much. (laughs) Well, and once you've gotten your driver's license, there really isn't another check-in. No. (laughs) Just write your check and that's it. Yeah. Hmm. Used to be different. Yeah. Used to be you would have to take a 
written test every so often and a driving test every so often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I mentioned briefly perhaps some kind of a city campaign, more emphasis on enforcement for sure, sure. but maybe a city campaign, you know, uh, public service announcements or posters or billboards or something reminding drivers of some of the habits and skills of courteous driving. So important. Could be. And then here's the really interesting solution that made me want to bring this up. What if we required intelligent speed assistance in cars? Have you ever heard of that? So tell me a little bit about it. Well, newer vehicles have the technology to where the vehicle can know what the speed limit is, where it is. Yeah. And it'll know how fast the car is going. And they have the technology. One, they could issue a warning. They could just sound a warning or say something to you if you are speeding. But they also have the ability to be programmed to not let you speed. Oh, wow. So wouldn't that be interesting? That it would, it would be interesting. And one thing I think that would be really interesting about that is Colorado has no emissions tests. Yeah. So alongside all of the new cars are also very old cars. Yeah. Um, now, not all of these old cars are, are <laughs> equipped to speed. <laughs> um, so maybe they have their own kind of, you know, um, curtailments in place. However, I, f- I wonder what that would look like. You know what? It would boost the value of used cars that are old you know enough to I'm not saying. have the technology. <laughs> That's funny. Everybody would want an old muscle car. <laughs> right, right, right. That, that can't be regulated. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. You know, I mean, it's going to be really fascinating to see over the next few years how technology and automation comes into the realm of traffic beyond how it already has started. You know, I mean, we can kind of catch a glimpse traffic at the intersections, but driving yeah. up to Denver, they have a new lane that's a toll lane. Mm-hmm. And I must have been in it <laughs> because I got in the mail uh, a bill a toll, or a ticket. A toll. A toll. Yeah. And I know for a fact that I didn't do the whatever the toll road is to get to the airport. I was picking up my daughter from the airport. I know for a fact I did not take that toll road. Uh-huh. So it must have been that I got caught by some camera in this lane. And it's confusing because right now, sometimes it is a toll lane, sometimes it is not. Yeah, and there's no toll booth. And there's no toll booth. Yeah. But so I, I'm wondering if you know these kinds of things are already being put in place through technology. So it's going to be fascinating to see what that is. But it's as far as psychology goes... The most vigilant that you can have a person is when they don't know what's coming for them. And so it's if you look at it with um, gambling, for instance, they have to have intermittent winners. You have to be able to be on your edge. Oh, you could win at any time. You could this, you could that. If, if it's intermittent and if it's not predictive, then you're hypervigilant. Uh-huh. And so with this new technology, these random checks, if you get checked you will become more hypervigilant because you're not sure who's going to see you or where you're being watched or these kinds of things. And so I really feel like that's going to be the play. That's going to be the most successful approach is to use technology to make us feel like we're going to get caught. Yeah, that's interesting. Of course, there's going to be a lot of pushback. I mean, it sounds pretty big brotherish. Yeah. And there is some, you know, I'm not convinced 100% that it's a perfect solution. And in fact, you know, wouldn't you want to be able to speed if you were trying to outrun a tornado or uh, some bad guys? Mm. So having that ability completely taken away from you would be, you know, there's a lot of reasons for people to resist that. So sure. interesting. But it's, you know, it is also then you look at the other turn where uh, 
fatalities and the accidents here in the Springs are just because people are going so fast, you know, in other cities, maybe I, I'm not sure if it's, I've tried to kind of figure this out. If it's the, you know, there's not so many stretches, wide stretches where you're we're going at such speeds where, you know, bumper, bumper accidents, fine. Everybody's okay. Maybe it holds up traffic, but here, I mean, people are dying in these car accidents. It's, it's a pretty high fatality rate yeah. versus, you know, a dent in your car. And so, Something needs to happen because this, it is the speed that makes the accident so much more dangerous. So uh, this will be a recurring theme somehow for yeah, us to we'll encourage to people out. to encourage people to be, uh, you know, courteous, safe drivers. Well, and it's the age-old tale of the rabbit and the hare. You know, people that are speeding, cutting off, you know, acting erratic aren't really getting anywhere faster. They really aren't. Very um, little, very little advantage. And, and, and it kind of, for me, was that I just had to grow up and calm down. Um, you know, in my <laughs> early 20s, it was yeah, it was a one thing. And, and, you know, living in Boston, I was like, oh, it's all about efficiency. You know, you've got you to be watching because you really, in cities like that, you really never know what the person next to you is going to do mm-hmm. because there is no traffic regulations, absolute martial law. And so I feel like people are hypervigilant there. They're very careful because you could be you know, you're dealing with people that are unpredictable. You have no idea what's going to happen around the next turn. You don't even know what the next street might be because it won't have a sign, you know. What do you mean there's no traffic regulations in Boston? In Boston. Oh, no, no. They're not concerned about, uh, the law is not concerned about traffic there at all. But because people are acting so wild and so outrageous on the roads, people are just hypervigilant. You just really don't see accidents in Boston. You really don't. And it's fascinating, some of these bigger cities, or if you even go to big countries outside, you know, there's no regulation, there's no lights. You're like, how is this going on? And it is that idea that I have to be watching. I have to be. And so in places like Colorado, when you feel like there are laws in place, people are following the laws, people ease up a little bit. They expect that the laws are being enforced. They expect that these things are happening. Hmm. They're less vigilant. And then when something, you know, does happen, someone is acting erratic, this or that, they're less prepared for it um, because they're expecting that that everyone's falling in line. There's this kind of, you know, different, uh, less stress on, on your shoulders kind of thing. So it's it's kind of, you know, it's kind of fascinating to, to watch and see how it goes. But but we'll have to keep an eye on on traffic over this next year and see how this federal grant does or does not yeah. change yeah. things. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what they do with it. Yeah. Interesting. And now my favorite part of the podcast. Oh, okay. Do you, have any, do you have any words of wisdom for us? So I do. I wrote something. This is a little bit about kind of what we're about here at The Next Us, what we're working on and, and who we want to be. But hopefully it's something that everyone can relate to as we come into a new year. Uh, we've got to reflect on, on you know, where we, we're coming from, where we've been um, and where we want to go next. You know, sometimes it's it's easy to focus on what's going wrong, what are the problems, this, that, and the other thing. But I am a major advocate for the idea that uh, we can control our own actions. And so I want to be a proponent for positive action. Um, and so that's kind of what this is all about. I wrote this for a TEDx for Manitou Springs last year. So let's let's see if I can read through it. Looking back through history, it seems as if we've taken our evolution into high gear. We've been picking up speed and advancing outright in every direction to the extent that where we're at is a lot to grasp. 
We come from every variation, each standing on our own unique path, a myriad of infinite experience and limitless potential. We are an endless demographic. We take pride in our diversity and we seek to understand. We open our hearts. We're learning to listen without expectation. And we expand our minds as we combine new renditions of existence. Our actions and our words represent us to the world. And we're finding amazing ways to show up for the earth and humanity. We're yielding abundance from sacrifice, and our intentions are out of this world as we learn to care for all aspects of ourselves, each other, and this earth. We realize the depth of each our own perception, and we value the awareness of self and introspection. We've got our eyes focused inside, harnessing our power through autonomy and personal growth. As we're rewriting the narrative, we acknowledge the darkest times. We put our energy into the exposure moments. We pursue the most genuine confrontation, getting to the root of the issues, working through the glitches to bring to light and activate the latest upgrades. And we are building strength from a foundation now of self-acceptance. We are working through fear and insecurity until we can celebrate our quirks and resonate with our own makeup. Together, we span the spectrum as we, each unique, carve our way through this journey that is life. It becomes clear as we redefine the world. Where we stand, we put ourselves in position to launch out and beyond to a point where our wildest dreams are becoming our realities. You know, I know you're coming down the hall a minute before you come down the hall. Did you know that? <laughs> because I can see the glow. <laughs> oh, Dave. You, <laughs> I just want to try to describe this for people who haven't experienced it. But you're, you're the mother superior of the next us, but that's not a, really a good... Term, um, but you you are you're like our you're our cheerleader, but you're a cheerleader with really so just some serious cred and good bones and uh, inspirational value, and that's gosh, I'm inspired every time you talk about what we're doing here like that. It's cool, you know. It. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 about you know getting excited about looking forward, moving forward, and shifting the paradigm. You know, really more than anything, is that shift in paradigm. I want to focus on how we are changing, how we are growing, um, and how we're not what we used to be. You know, we're, we're generations further. And so I, I just love to revel in our growth. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a great match for you to be here doing this. And I see that everybody's eyes light up when you walk, walk into the room because you, you I'm a are, believer. Yeah. You're our biggest supporter. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I, I just, you know, you've got to, you got to call it in. And so I'm just kind of calling in, in the, the abundance mentality, you know, the most for each of us. Very cool. Anything else before I uh, just give folks a little bit of an advertisement for the next episode? No, I'm looking forward to to the next time we meet. Yeah, it's going to be kind of cool. It'll be the first time that we've had guests on this uh, 
podcast. That'll be two former city councilors, Jan Martin and Jill Gabler. And I invited them for a couple of reasons. One is they hosted the City Talk podcast that actually launched Studio 809 podcast. They were our first podcast. And Jill, interestingly, is now executive director of the Pikes Peak Housing Network. Wow. And she served on the board of the Front Range Passenger Rail District and has done some consulting for Kono. Uh, so the, she brings some interesting knowledge to the table. And Jan is a Colorado Springs native and among her dozens of ways of giving to the community, she was board president of the Pioneers Museum. I think she's been pretty active with the Garden of the Gods Foundation, too, if I'm not mistaken. But So I'm hoping, Judy, that we can reminisce a little bit with them, but also really pump them for their perspective on what we might look forward to in 2024 on things like housing affordability, passenger rail, and, uh, and other good happenings here in town. Ooh, so exciting. I can't wait to hear from two powerful women in, in the kind of local environment. They're neat. I know you'll fall in love with each other. I know. So if you want to be in the know and be a good community citizen, check out Studio809podcast.com to find many other community podcasts in the Studio 809 podcast family. And until next time, in the words of Brad Paisley, tomorrow is the first blank page of a 365-page book. Write a good one. Oh, I love that. In the Pikes Peak region, there's no shortage of activities. Whether you're experiencing breathtaking parks or magnificent works of art, if you're getting fashionable at a film festival or fresh at a farmer's market, if you want to hear the sweet sounds of a symphony or the smooth shred of a Stratocaster, look no further than Peak Radar, your one-stop shop for all events in the Pikes Peak region, your free source for viewing and posting events. So no matter how you engage with our beautiful region, visit peakradar.com and get plugged into the peak.